Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampion, and my guest today is former King of the Cage, 160-pound champion, Mr. Nick Angeloni. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, first of all, let me say thanks, man, because this is a this is a huge deal for me. This is my first time interviewing a, a professional athlete, and I'm a huge MMA fan, so I just thank you for taking the time to do this. Yeah, I'm excited to do it, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, first, I wanted to get started. How did you even get involved with MMA? Um, yeah, so so it's kind of a funny story. Basically, I um, when I was in high school, I was looking for something to do. My my uh, high school didn't have sports, um, and I was kind of looking for like a challenge, something to kind of push me with. And um, uh, I was getting my hair cut, and the the guy that cut my hair was like, "Hey, you know, I know this guy." who uh, promotes amateur MMA fights. And uh, um, and amateur fights really was probably an overstatement. Like, they were really more like smokers. Um, and uh, they were illegal in California at the time. So um, I just thought it sounded cool. I, I didn't train. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I, I had, like, some – I did some karate, like, uh, like every kid that grew up in the 90s did. But other than that, I had no training. Um, I flew out to Kentucky and I did a little fight in the barn. Uh, did didn't make weight, but they didn't care because it was so un un uh, uh, un I don't know, just sketchy. So they were like, yeah, that's close <laughs> enough. They, they they let me jump in there, and then um, I I actually lost. Um, and it uh, but I lost like a split decision. I thought I won. The promoter thought I won. Um, but I was like, man, I I didn't. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't train at all. I flew out there with my cousin who also didn't know what he was doing. And, uh, and I fought in some, uh, some board shorts and I was like, man, maybe if I train, I, uh, I can actually do this. And my plan was only fight once. I just thought it was going to be really cool. And, and it was, I was like, that was the best thing that I've ever done. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And, you know, that's just, that was what I wanted at the time. So, um, I was like, all right, let me train for a while and I'll, I'll come back. So, um, spent like two or three years just uh, actually just doing jujitsu because I lost or uh, the reason I lost the fight was I was getting taken down so I was like all right let me go learn how to grapple um and I'll come back um and yeah so I spent like I think two and a half three years just just grappling and competing and grappling and uh I did pretty good in like competition jujitsu um and then eventually came around full circle so now what year was this because you said it was illegal in California wow yeah, so let me think. So I was, uh, I believe I was 17 at the time. Maybe I was like 18, some, somewhere around there. Uh, I just turned 29, so 10, 11 years ago. So it wasn't that MMA was illegal, but amateur MMA. So oh, had, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, so they, had, they had fights, but yeah. No. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was really sitting here like, damn, you mean to tell me <laughs> California just... Cause you know, growing up, I'm like, hey, I could have swore I watched some Watch fights. It. It yeah. <laughs> no, what they used to do for like amateur fights was they would have they would have uh, they would basically say like, oh, we're gonna have sparring at at our gym, and they would sell tickets to these sparring matches, and then and then we'd have people come over and spar, and they would have them wear headgear just so that they could call it sparring, but they would mm -hmm. just be full on fights. But that was how they got around it. But it was it was illegal back then, but. Yeah, so I went all the way to Kentucky. Now, how did you end up in Kentucky, all the way from California? 
Um, that was so. So basically, actually, I, I kind of shortened the story a little bit. But basically, this guy was telling me about this promoter he knew. That guy actually ended up like falling through. He, the, I don't know if he didn't put the show on. I don't remember exactly, but it didn't work out. So I, but I had the idea in my head. So I just went online and googled like amateur MMA fights and like in the month of whatever, whenever it was, whatever it was. And that one came up. I found the website and there was an email, and I was just like, "Hey, I'll come out there if you let me fight." And they, they didn't care. So yeah, yeah, that was that was the only one I could find at the time. So it was in a barn, like on some ranch. It was it was really sketchy. Now you know MMA is is a physical sport. It's a demanding sport. But I wanted to know how do you feel that life and MMA are parallel to each other? Um. Man, in every way, um, MMA definitely changed my life and changed who I was, especially jujitsu because that was kind of my first real discipline. Um, um, the biggest thing that I took out of training, like originally, um, is basically I just it was just the idea of that like there's no really shortcuts there's no shortcuts and then you get in what you get out and it was like it was a realization for me I, I remember when I started training I had been training for like two months when I started training jujitsu I'd been training for two months and I was training like twice a week or something and I had like this idea that I was going to go to the UFC and I'm just in the gym try twice a week you know and um, I did a competition and, and I, a jujitsu tournament and I just got smashed like I had two matches. <laughs> I had two matches and I was probably on the mat for like a grand total of 90 seconds. So um, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure what I did wrong. You know, I, I had never really, I didn't really have any like concept of, of like the, the time it takes to like master a skill or anything. And then um, I read, um, I read a part of, of uh, uh, it's Malcolm Gladwell's, super famous book uh outliers and it talked about like the ten thousand hour rule so i was like okay i'm gonna start training uh, i'm gonna try to train for ten thousand hours and it said 30 hours a week basically was its rule of thumb so i was like i'm gonna try to do that um and i and i tried tr i threw my training through the roof i was training for five hours a day six days a week and i competed again like two weeks or two months later and then and i got on the podium and i was like oh Maybe there's a, a pattern here. Like maybe, you know. <laughs> Do all this work you put in. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and then eventually I realized like, all right, well, five hours a day is not sustainable. I was I was getting sick and like staph infections and all kinds of stuff. So I, I dialed it back a little. But um, definitely that. So definitely like, you know, getting out what you put in. Uh, also just, just your your concept of what is hard or not kind of changes you know when you have to go through something like that or what it takes to train um and then it also really like had a lot of uh uh effects on my relationship with with god and like how i kind of depended on on him in certain areas but um that's probably a little bit out of the the scope of the podcast of, of this podcast but um that's what you're comfortable talking about man you can you can speak on oh uh, yeah okay um yeah it was you know it's just um when you when you go and fight and see like when i did my first fight i, I wasn't really nervous 
a little bit. There was some people there, but it didn't really like, because it didn't matter to me. I was only going to do one. And then as I decided I wanted to make a, a like a life out of it, and I put my life into it, you know, they mattered more and more. And then you're fighting better and better people. And, you know, you can do everything that you can do, but that guy is doing everything that he can do too, you know? So it's, to me, there was, there was two ways to like, to approach it. Um, well, three really, I mean, they're like, I could be too, like have my nerves be out of control and just be scared. Right. And to a point where I'm not going to do well. Um, uh, or I can lie to myself and be like, I'm the best in the world. Nobody can beat me, which is like a real common route. You know, a lot of people go that, that route. Um, or I can be faced with what I've like, what I believe is reality in, in that, Hey, like I did everything that I can. He did everything that he can. And I'm got to put this in God's hands, you know, like, I just got to like have faith that I'm going to do my best, but in the end, however it works out is, uh, is what's best for me in my life. So it really forced me to put my, to put my faith in God every time I step out there. Um, and yeah, those were, I would say those were like the three big things that I, that I took from it. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's excellent, man. I mean, man as a man of faith myself i mean hey sometimes it's all up to god i mean you do the work you do the preparation and that's it you just gotta put right. it in. yeah yeah definitely definitely so we talked we addressed you we addressed you going into um your first amateur fight how did you feel when you stepped into the cage the first time as a professional um man so my first pro fight um it's interesting, man, because that was one of my best performances of my life, I think. And but it, um, mentally, it was a tough one. Like I, I was like, man, I don't feel good. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna work out. <laughs> so I've come a long way, like in my mental game. It was actually like at that at that fight, I was like, you know, I'm gonna start putting some effort into like my psychology of how I'm how I approach the fight. Um, but I remember just thinking like. The, the guy I was fighting was like the hometown like he was like the guy there was like a newspaper they were writing newspaper articles about this guy he was undefeated at the time and it was my my first pro fight and he i think was 2 and 0 with uh and he had a he was like a judo something champion national champion black belt um he had a, and he had a knockout so it's like man he's he's can knock people out he's a good grappler um and uh yeah, so man, so my first pro fight, I guess the way I was feeling was just like, man, I, I don't know, I, I, you know, to, I wish there was a, I wish that I could say something cooler about it, because I wasn't like, it was, it was honestly, it was in my mental aspect, I don't know, it was, it, it, I just felt like, I don't know what's gonna happen with this, man, I'm just gonna go out there and try, you know, and I had to just basically be comfortable with. You know, and I guess maybe at some in some ways that's a good thing where it was like it was like I don't know what's gonna happen, but like I'm not afraid to to try. Like I'm gonna go out there and just risk it all, you know. And I remember thinking like, man, if I lose my pro first pro fight, like how much promise do I really have? Which looking back now, that that's not really true, but that's how I thought about it. And I was like, whatever, man, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go risk it. I'm gonna try my best. And I, I and I I tore that guy's head off, man. I I. I uh, kicked him in the body and and then uh, dropped and then 
he I, I think I liver kicked him. He doubled over, and I just like one touched him. That was a, that was a that was a good one. <laughs> you you recently suffered your first loss as a professional. How mm. difficult was it to come back from that? Mm. It it wasn't man. It wasn't difficult to be to be honest with you. Um, um, I I had lost as an amateur, um, and that was devastating. So, I th- I think probably to better answer your question, let me uh, let me tell you about my first amateur loss because that that was really where I learned the lesson of how to deal with with this one. So, um. In my amateur career, I had two lo- two losses. Um, one was kind of weird. I fought. Um, we fought in July outside, uh, in July in California, and uh, it it poured rain, so it was re- it was a weird thing. So that fight was weird because um, I was like slipping and falling and ending up underneath the guy a lot. So and I eventually lost the decision. So it was kind of hard for me to be like, eh, I lost that fight, you know. Um, but the next one I lost, and I lost to a guy named Roosevelt Roberts, who's in the UFC now. He's doing really good. I think he's only lost one fight. Um, and I got submitted pretty fast, in like a minute and something. Um, and that was the first time where I was just like, man, that, that guy, like he was just, he was better than me on that night, you know? So that was like devastating because you, you, you question you question like what it means in the long term. Like, do I even have what it takes to do this? Uh, you know, maybe all those people who, who give me reasons why I shouldn't have done this in the begin with, you know, like people would tell me certain things, but like why that this isn't like the path for me. And um, maybe those people were right, you know, and things like that. And it, it is something personal about losing a fight. Like it's not the same as um, like I played basketball when I was a kid and uh, up to when I when I started like from real young to when I started high school and then um and losing like a, a basketball game or something like that it doesn't like it doesn't hurt your like person when you lose a fight it's like it's like it, it hurts it, it, it it's like it's almost it's about who you are you know what I mean like that guy was this isn't true, but what it feels like is like that guy was a better man than me. You know what I mean? He's a stronger man. It's like, it, it's something primal about it. Like we were in the wild and it, it came down to it. Like he dominated me. Like I, that would have been my life or my family or something like that, you know? Um, and it really hurts. So, and what I realized, what I learned from that was that one, eventually with time, like it goes, you feel better, you know, like you, you just goes away, you heal. And so it's not the end of the world. Uh, two, it it made me better, and I learned more things from that than I did from any of my wins. <clears throat> um, like it was a huge jump in my improvement. And then after that, like after that loss, I went on a five fight win streak, and it probably or definitely could have at least been a, because of that that fight, you know, um, because of all the lessons that I learned. You know, it's hard to say if those if I if those other fights would have went differently or not, but that's what it seemed like. So when I lost this fight, it was like, okay, I know exactly what to do with this. Like one, I know it hurts. I'm just gonna let it hurt. Like, like it's just, it is what it is, you know. Um, two, I have an opportunity, like right here, like to learn. And and this isn't, it wasn't a setback for me at all, you know. And, and I knew that, which is probably the reason why it wasn't too hard to move forward, because like it wasn't a setback. It 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 
it made me better. Like, so if I, in the overall scheme of my, my record and my career, I'm, I'm closer now to where I want to be because I got so much more better, which is, that's all that really matters, right? The only, the only fight that one, that really matters is that one fight, like in the future, you know, like that UFC title fight or, or that UFC title defense, whatever that biggest fight of your life is, the hardest challenge. And all that really matters is like, are you going to be good enough on that night? So if you take setbacks like for between here and there or um you know like something that seems like a setback then it's only going to make you more ready on that one night on that important night so that's how i looked at it and uh I, you know i let it hurt for two for 48 hours and i was like all right it's time to move forward and you know that was that now you know anybody that follows fighting or knows about like boxing mma it takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication to it. Um, mm -hmm. How do you balance that with family? Um, I I give up absolutely everything else. <laughs> that, that's that's, that's <laughs> um, I, I I do two things. I I train. Um, I do the other work you know that is necessary for my career. Uh, I spend time with my wife and i sleep <laughs> you know <laughs> um so i i catch up with my friends here or there you know and i i have like you know i i i take sundays off that's my rest day so that's my day to like go catch up with some friends um but the here's the here's the thing is like it's it's good to live a, a balanced life you know but um if you want to excel like in something like extraordinarily in one particular thing balance isn't going to happen so it, and that's not for everybody it's probably bad bad for most people you know um but it's it's better for me like like i i can't stand like kind of doing a little bit of this or doing a little bit of that i'm like way too obsessive and i'll never get anywhere uh like that that was like the first half of before i started fighting was i would always be like a little bit into this a little bit of that and i was like one day i was like no i can't do this anymore like i gotta focus on one thing and for a while i had it wasn't just family like because i didn't have a family i didn't have a wife um so all i did was train and and like i remember like my friends would be um partying at my, my my best friend lived next door and i remember like being in my garage at like midnight and being like i could hear the party going on next door and i'm like i gotta finish this i gotta do i got 30 minutes left i gotta get my stretching done this and that and then i'd finish at 12 30 and i'd jump over there to go to the party for an hour two hours before it broke <laughs> up so that's just you know it's you just have to make a choice it's like about what what the outcome of your life like what you want it to be and 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 there's no there's no better one um, cause I don't, I don't think that, that I don't, I don't think that, uh, that some people will, th will think of if you have a career that, that makes you like publicly known or whatever, like, or, you know, famous, I guess, you know, I, I'm not famous, but that would be the, the goal that I had would make me famous, <clears throat> even though that's not what I'm good at doing it for, but that would be the result. So some people might think of that as like, oh, that's a like a higher goal than than like being, uh, you know, like working a job that you like and and spending tons of time with your family and, and spending tons of time with your friends. 
I, to me, that, that is equally as high of a goal. So it, it, there's nothing more important than being like a valuable person to your friends and family in your like local society. So it's just a question of like how you want to affect your society. And this is the route that fits me better. So that's why I did it. But yeah, basically, so to answer your question, the balance is, I found that I can only balance two things. Like I only have enough time. I can put, a, I can put, I put a lot of effort into my marriage. Um, I put a lot of effort into my fighting and I squeeze time in with my friends. Um, and maybe I'll play some, play some uh, Fortnite for like 30 minutes before I pass out and go to bed, but that's about it. <laughs> so, you know, with, with, you know, again, it's a physical sport is highly demanding, but with every sport, they're not, not just MMA, but every sport, there is a time limitation on how long you could physically do something. Is there yeah. like an age in your mind that you know, you're like, you know what, at this age, I want to be done. Or it's just like, you just take it by how you feel physically. No, I want to be done at 36. So, um, uh, yeah, so, so I, I said, I set this time, I set a timeline for myself when I started training and, um, that was, so this was, uh, when I started training seriously, like full time, uh, it's been uh, 10 or 11 years. I'm not sure, but I, I set a timeline of every stage. So my first amateur fight, my first pro fight, my first pro title, and then UFC. And, um, I'm off at this point by like six months or something like that. So, so I wanted to, I wanted to get in the UFC. Um, uh, I think I had my first, I had my first amateur fight and my first pro fight and my first pro title in the year that I said I wanted to do it. Um, I wanted to be in the UFC when I was 28. Uh, I just turned 29, but it's looking good to make that happen this year. I think it's going to happen this year. So, so I'll be about six months over my over my line so if I get in the UFC by 29 then I'd like to you know win a title in my early 30s and then uh defend it four or five times and then ride it into the sunset you know okay so after that after you finish fighting what does post fight what does what does your life look like after fighting um right now where I'm at is um I have two things that I want to do. Uh, one is basically, um, you, you know, it, it is, it's my goal to, to make as much money as possible during that short period of time. Uh, not to have certain things, but to, to have enough that's going to last my family so that I don't necessarily need to like, uh, commit to, I don't need my second career to like work out too well. You know what I mean? or it doesn't need to make me a ton of money. If I can make, if I can have enough aside, um, I, I, you know, I don't, then that I can be comfortable until, you know, at least for like a solid decade or so to get settled into a next career. Um, that's my goal. So, um, but what I would like it to be is, um, and I actually just started kind of the first steps of this. Um, I would like to use a lot of that, that money and also the platform of being, you know, visible in the, in the public eye to do some charity and did I miss you for a second? We good. We good. We good. Okay. I, I, I got a call. Uh, I had to decline it. Sorry. Um, so to do some charity and, and, and missionary stuff. Um, and I'm actually working with, I just met with an organization 
man, it's going to kill me that I can't remember the name. And I know it really well, too. But basically, um, they build uh, uh, wells, orphanages. Uh, what's that? The wells for the pygmies? No, a similar kind of thing, though. It's similar kind of thing. But no, uh, yeah, you think of the fight for the forgotten. So yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this is actually in Tanzania. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's um, a different organization, but same kind of concept. And they build farms and things like that um, to produce jobs and stuff. Th that's that's where, uh, and they do the whole thing kind of through a lens of like, um, you could say that they're missionaries, but they're not like they're not like going to visit like you know real bad areas and being like, here's a Bible, good luck to you. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Um, their whole thing is like God's love is tangible, right? So they want to do things like like to really affect the society in a way that they can feel it and be like, this is happening because God loves you, you know? So um, that that's, I'm, I'm working, I'm starting to work with them and I would eventually like to have my own thing kind of, um, but in the same uh, like spectrum uh, of like that type of work. Um, that That's my, what I would like to do with my like post fighting career is to get into something like that. Um, Cause I just think there's, there's too much, there's, there's too much possibility that, uh, that I could use like this platform for that, that I could walk away. Like it, I don't want to say this. Um, there's so much that I could do that. I feel like I, I would have to, like if I was able to reach those goals and I had, certain number of money in my bank account i i don't feel like i could be able to be like all right i'm thanks peace you know <laughs> um so that that's what one of the things i would like to do with it and i'm also ha also uh have a plan to get into apologetics um which is like uh it's just like um it would be the Christian version, like the, the the opposition to someone like Richard Dawkins or something. It'd be like the people you see have debates where they debate uh, like the belief in their their belief in God and, and Christianity based on not just like uh, the emotional side, but based on like historical evidence, uh, archaeological evidence, things like that. So I'm pretty studied in things like that. So I want to get into that eventually. Okay. Well, I know you got a training session that you're trying to get to. So I definitely want to thank you for taking the time to do this because I know how much, I know how cramped your schedule is. So yeah. I truly appreciate you doing this. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we got to do it. We've been talking about it for a while, so I'm, I'm glad we got to make it happen, dude. Before we, before we go, let's, let's um, let the people know how they can follow you, like on social media or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, the best way is on Instagram. It's at NickAngeloni155. And then uh, uh, Angeloni is spelled like angel, O-N-I. So it's at Nick Angel, O-N-I, 155. Um, Facebook, I think I'm, I think it's the same, at Nick Angeloni, 155, or it might be at the Italian Stallion. Um, and yeah, but yeah, Instagram's definitely the best way, so do that. Okay. And those who, those who want to follow me, my Instagram page is Conversations with Lamp. And that's also my Facebook name. And I just want to take this time to thank my sponsors, First Gen Fly and Chain Entertainment. And I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And you all have a great day.